And it's not even so much if you ever achieve it, it's the fact that you're striving to achieve it. And along the way, while you're striving to achieve this one thing, you're going to achieve other things. And then things, your path may change. But the thing is, as long as you're going for that one thing, good things will happen along the way. Welcome back to the Impact Entrepreneur Show. My name is Mike Flynn, and I am honored to be your host. Our mission here on the Impact Entrepreneur Show is not just to inspire you, but also to help you tap into and begin to believe in your God-given potential and purpose. That's right, baby. We want you to not only be inspired, but experience breakthrough. And we do that on this podcast by interviewing incredible people who are using their experiences, their skill set, their platforms to have a game-changing impact in the lives of others. And here's the thing. None of these folks are simply sitting back, living a life of leisure. They have things to do, places to go, and lives to impact. Speaking of that, Brandon Adams is an entrepreneur who lives life on his own terms, and there's a reason for that. In his story that is both fascinating and relatable, he talks about his own journey of working hard, though he admits not always smart, and he paid the consequences as a result. Brandon shares an incident where he had a mental and physical breakdown while driving, which was a sure sign that his body was telling him he needed to work for his own reward and not necessarily the reward of others. Working in the real estate business at the time, the moment was crucial for Brandon because he knew it was the signal that he had to change his ways or bigger consequences were on the road in front of him. Brandon knew he wanted to be an entrepreneur at the age of 21. After reading Napoleon Hill's acclaimed book 19, from 1937, Think and Grow Rich, and the lessons he learned were that the entrepreneurs of that day, the Thomas Edisons, the Henry Fords, the Andrew Carnegies, they weren't necessarily the brightest in the land, but they all shared one goal, the drive to achieve something. This drive is shown in the determination to succeed that Brandon has characterized in most of his life, and most notably in his drive to release his Emmy Award TV series, Success in Your City. Now today, Brandon is a serial entrepreneur who owns a stake in a number of businesses, including the Accelerant Media Group, Live to Grind, Young Entrepreneur Convention, Arctic Stick, and he's been involved in many other television series, including the release and the production of the Think and Grow Rich movie. There is a lot of lessons to be learned in here about persevering, about taking on risk, about willing to look foolish in front of others and dealing with haters. So bust out your pens and paper, take some notes, embrace for impact. And if you do have kids in the car, there, I believe, might be an F-bomb or two in this. So you need to make sure that the earmuffs are on or maybe listen to this a little bit later. So again, bust out your pens and paper, take some notes, embrace for impact. Brandon Adams, dude. Welcome to the Impact Entrepreneur Show. Excited to learn more about your story and what you are up to. I'm excited to throw some impact on your listeners and help <laughs> them and share some crazy, crazy stories. They will think I'm crazy by the end or they'll I, think I'm a genius. One yes. or the other. Yeah, one or the other. Or, or they'll fall somewhere in between and they'll just be kind of like a, a naysayer, you know? <laughs> um, but, but, you know, I actually, in, in preparation for this, uh, I actually Googled you, right? I, I Googled Brandon Adams. And oh, you didn't do the T. I, do do, I didn't do the T. And then I'm like, that guy does not look like the Brandon Adams I'm about to interview because there's this guy, he's an actor, 
named Brandon. Yeah, he's African American. Yeah, Af- Brandon Q. Adams. He also has his initials in all of his social because you know he he used to Google himself and and you showed up, so he realized that the only exactly. reason, you know he had to you use know, his own his in, his own initial. You know that's why I did it. That's a funny story because there's a poker player Brandon Adams, and then there's an actor Brandon Adams. And I used T. I started using T in 2015. And now if you search brand T Adams, you can find everything. You know, quick story. Somebody actually called me once thinking I was the person. They're like, oh, I see you're in the Think of Rich movie, but also I loved what you did on Sandlot. And I'm like, Sandlot? <laughs> and I love Sandlot, the first one. Well, it just turns out that Brandon Adams is in Sandlot. But I looked it up and I'm like, just so you know, like, uh, I'm not that Brent Adams, and I said I'm white. By the way, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, uh, you're like I'm the white. I'm the white Brandon Adams. I'm the white Brandon Adams. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I, I did eventually find a lot of content when I figured out Brandon T. Adams was the best way to Google you. In addition to all of the stuff that you have on Facebook and your other platforms, but you've done like a lot of things. Like you've you've done crowdfunding. You've done events. You do film and television. One of the things that you used to do was wear a suit, and <laughs> and and I want to know why you started, but more importantly, I wanted to know why you stopped. Yeah, so you probably saw I just uh, I posted. I used to go on TV in 2015. I went on this. Um, Basically, I went on TV all over the country because it was a way for me to build my brand as a crowdfunding expert. And crowdfunding uh, or going on TV is a way to establish yourself as an expert. When people see you on TV, they're like, oh, they must be an expert. And so I was really driving to build my brand and become somebody. And I, uh, so I had went through a training actually where they teach you how to go on TV and they say wearing a suit is important. But also, I thought, okay, wearing a suit shows I'm a professional, I'm showing up, like I'm serious. And I wore a suit in like all my morning show appearances up until like two years ago. And it, it was just like, for one, somebody that was mentoring me said, when you go on TV, wear a suit. And then two, I just thought it was my way to be professional. But then I got to the point where I'm like, dude, this isn't me. I, I, I want to be me. And also, I'm a huge Steve Jobs fan. I'm a huge... Um, Gary Keller fan, which all are people that wear black or Steve Jobs did wear black. Um, but being simple, you look at, I looked at what even Mark Zuckerberg did. He, he wore a great, or he still does wear a gray shirt every single day. I didn't want to have to think about what I had to wear. I spent so much time thinking about what to wear for the suit, what tie goes with it. Even when I didn't wear a suit, what else was I going to wear? Mm-hmm. So it was, it was, uh, it was two and a half years ago. I started wearing a live to grind shirt every single day. Because I had, that was the name of my brand and my podcast show. And then it was about a year and a half ago, I started wearing, or maybe two years ago, all black. So every single day, I have the same black express jeans, same black t-shirt. I have 15, 20 uh, different t-shirts like this. I have 10 different pairs of, of the jeans. And it's simplifying life. I don't have to think about what I have to wear. I'm just black. It's simple. And I can focus my energy on what I'm doing in, in business and life versus thinking about what Frick, I got to wear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I why think, I made the transition. I think the real story, though, there is that you just realized, like, who cares about Steve Jobs and, and Gary Keller and, and all? That's great. Like, reducing friction in your life so that you can, you know, make better decisions faster, quicker. That's all wonderful. But the best part about what you just said is that 
you realize that someone else was tr- trying to tell you how to be, and you said no. Amen. And and you know, for the last fifteen years, I've been in the in the financial services space, and of course, everybody wears a suit and a tie in that world, right? Well, I stopped wearing a suit and a tie a, f- a few years ago, also because I'm like, you know what? I like dressing up when I go to weddings and and events like that, and, and putting a suit and tie on for for that. But I'm not going to wear a suit and a tie because somebody said that that's how you build trust and credibility. Because that's because you can you can go to a car dealership and get ripped off by a snake oil salesman wearing a suit and you know, that thing is created this facade of trust and credibility. So, you know, the most important thing is owning who you are, your identity, and what really is important to you and not necessarily what someone else projected on you. 100%. And I mean, you're, you're so right. I feel like, like you said, it's building that trust wearing the suit. I think it's almost opposite for at least my generation, millennials. They, they want to see somebody that's okay, just like them. If I go up to somebody in a suit, what my mind thinks is, okay, either they're a corporate person, they're a serious business person. And for me, I can't really, in terms, relate because I'm an entrepreneur that I'm serious in business, but I do things the way I want to do them. Mm-hmm. And I don't want them to think, oh, he's not wearing a suit. He's not like legit. And it's funny because when I do go to certain events, people will judge me because oh he's just some kid that's doing this and the second like you you mentioned a couple of things you've done then oh their mind thinks because they have their first impression on you right which i hate it's like yeah. just because i wear black every day and what you have an impression on me <laughs> right yeah totally you know uh the, the identity is such an interesting thing i've been thinking a lot about it because it's it's really what my book master the key is about at the end of the day uh it's about identity and it's about community <clears throat> and and helping us master those uh, two of those pieces of the key, and identity is something that we just flippantly give away in a passive uh, manner all day, every day. You know, think about you know when you log into Facebook or you give your ID over to the the TSA person when you're traveling. I mean these are all these these things, your password, your username, your your driver's license. These are all things that have you on them and we give them away without really thinking about it because they in order to gain access to the destination or the community that we want to be a part of, we have to have the ability to pass over our, our identity to another person or another group. But the problem that we face today is a lot of people don't know who they are, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so they end up being part of the wrong community. They end up seeking out the wrong destinations. And you have had the opposite problem in your in your life, you've really uh, at a, at a young age crystallized who you are, what you want to be, and what you are becoming. And I love to learn a little bit about where that sense of focus and determination comes. Yeah, and you, I believe you're you're 100 right. A lot of people, they they don't really know who they are. 
and and their identity. And they they what they do is they they see different people that have these visions and and ideas, and they'll track to them, and they'll go down that path, and then they'll go down another path, and they never really figure out okay what's their own path. And I guess for me, it's I I've always been an entrepreneur, so it's it's been embedded in me. I always knew that I was going to be a salesman or 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 be something entrepreneurship because I grew up in this space. Going, growing up in a family business with my father. Uh, but where things really changed for me, a couple, two different things. One, at 22 years old, or is 20, no, actually it was 21, uh, I read the book Think and Go Rich by Napoleon Hill. And at that time, I was not doing so well in school. I was doing a lot of the drugs, alcohol, the different things that weren't like motivating. But I read the book and it was a story on specifically, you look at Henry Ford, Thomas Edison, Andrew Carnegie all great successful people that have achieved the massive things. They all had ideas. They all had these things they wanted to pursue. And they weren't the smartest people. And by the time, like, I'm not that smart. I got a 1.68 GPA my freshman year. And, and you look at these people and what did they have? They had a drive to achieve something. They had an idea, a burning desire to achieve it. And they weren't going to stop until they achieved it. And, and that's what they did. And I saw that and I realized, you know, for me, if I want something, I'm going to get it. It may not happen right away, which I found over time, whatever you, you think it's going to take, it usually takes about double the time. But I, I realized I want to do something big. And so that happened to me and I, I was motivated. I didn't really know what was next. I graduated from college. I went into the family ice business. Five months later, while in the ice business, and at that time, uh, I was inventing a product called Arctic Stick and selling real estate at the same time, doing multiple things. I, I took an opportunity to work in corporate. I worked uh, for the company Arctic Glacier, which was a company we actually bought our ice from. We were a wholesale distributor. And I worked as a manager. So I got to see what it's like working as a manager in a corporate company. And I went from managing three locations to eight locations in five months. And so I was working 100-hour weeks. I was sleeping four hours a night. I was in this grind of business. And between working corporate, selling real estate, inventing a product, running a family business, I had no life. And I wanted to become a millionaire. I wanted to like make money quick. And in that way, I was doing it by working hard and not smart. And what happened to me was one day I had a complete mental breakdown where I was driving on the side of the road or driving on the road. And I was getting really dizzy. I pulled over and completely my body shut down enough to 25 minutes later, ambulance came and uh, it put me in a part where I thought I was going to die. That night, I had this moment of what am I doing? What's the purpose of all this? And I was working for somebody else. I was pursuing their dreams and working in dumb ways. So that led to me realizing like, I want to do something in my life on my terms. It wasn't until like eight months later, I believe it was seven months later where I actually left the company and never looked back and went on my own entrepreneur endeavor since. But I realized that life is short. You, you only have this one life to give and why or to have and why I'm so motivated and, and driven towards achieving my goals and not giving a shit whatever anybody else thinks is because I know I live once. Mm-hmm. I could die tomorrow. I could die right now. So every day when I wake up, I realize this is a day to get better. This could be my last day. Could not. But I'm going to make it the best day because if I were to die and whatever happens afterwards, I look back and be like, okay, that's how my day lasted. I don't want to be upset about how that last day was. So I look at that and that's what motivates me. And when you're around the right people that are driven, you you get driven to go further in life. And when you see a glimpse of that, when you see your mentors that have achieved amazing things, you're like, 
man, I want to, I want to be like that. So mm-hmm. you work harder, you, you work mm-hmm. harder to try to achieve that thing that's up there. And it's not even so much if you ever achieve it, it's the fact that you're striving to achieve it. And along the way, while you're striving to achieve this one thing, you're going to achieve other things. And then things, your path may change. But the thing is, as long as you're going for that one thing, good things will happen along the way. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's why I've, uh, I learned at a young age that why not do what you want? Don't give a fuck about what other people think and go after what you want in life. One of the things that uh, that you mentioned there just a second ago was you you actually said you have this one life to to give, and then you corrected yourself and said have. But actually, I think that you were right the first time that you said it. You have this one life to give. Like yeah. this, this that's that's really what life is is all about. And and in in fact, I'm I'm Catholic, and this priest gave this um, homily about the problem with love. And and he said the problem that the world is is facing with love is that everyone wants to be loved first. And so the problem with entrepreneurship and the business world is that everybody wants to be successful first, and then they'll help someone else be successful. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. So speaking of that, perfect segue. Who after you had this this nervous breakdown, this awakening, this rock bottom moment or bump along the bottom anyway. Uh, who was the first person to express belief in you after that moment? So I wouldn't say it's one person. I will say uh, it was actually a month later that I met my wife today. I, I met her a, a month later and we're married now and we're... Congratulations. A, thank you. We're co-hosts of a TV show together and we've been on quite the entrepreneur journey. Uh, when I when I met her, I realized that like the love, like just I fell in love with her right away, and so that opened me up to things. And and also, my dad told me uh, after that incident happened, he said, "Son, you're going to be the richest guy in the grave." And I'm like, yeah, "There's some truth to that. Like, uh, I could have all this money, but I'm going to be I'm going to be dead. Like, I have no life." Uh, but my first mentor that would be, I would say, a very pivotal moment in my career besides my father. It was a guy by the name of Cactus Jack Berenger. He had branded himself as Cactus Jack. His name's Jack Berenger. And he had invented products, made millions. He'd been on Shark Tank. He's at one time had the largest arm wrestling federation in the world. Um, I, I hired Jack as a mentor, um, as a consultant, and I dropped a lot of money, uh, which he was well worth it. And he showed me what was possible. He literally, everything you see in the book, Thick and Rich or any of that, he, he showed me how to apply that. And it made me realize that you can achieve anything you want in life. And that's when I started going after these ideas. We're just ideas at the time, but I was going after them. And, mm-hmm. and everybody else thought I was crazy. They thought this guy was crazy, but I believed it. And I followed it. And because of that, it, it led me to have my own thoughts and my own willingness to do the things I wanted versus what other people wanted for me. And the problem I see with a lot of people is they always do what others want them to do. Mm-hmm. They, their family, their close ones actually will tell them to do things that they think is right for them. When in reality, it's not right for them. They want mm-hmm. them to stay the safe route. The thing is, only you can decide what you want to do. And once I figured out that only I can decide and what I decide to do is going to be what's best for me, that's when it was this relief. I didn't mm-hmm. care what other people thought anymore. Mm-hmm. I just, it didn't mean anything. Uh, so I would say Jack was the first mentor that I had that really put me in the right direction. You know, there's there's something about 
saying no to good things so that you could say yes to great things. There's a lot of good things. There's a lot of, there are a lot of things that we all could do, and yet we can't do all of them well. Right. And so you have to say no to good things. So you have the capacity to say yes to great things. So what are some of the good things? Some of the, the, the things that you liked or enjoyed that you had to say no to in pursuit of these other things that were greater? Yeah. The last 18 months has been a huge transition in my career. And I know it being you said, I've done a lot of things, which I have. That's the problem. I've done a lot of things and I've had success in the things, but not wildly like beyond dream success. And I, I started these things. I created things and to spitball a few, I, I started an event called Young Entrepreneur Convention, which is going on four years now. It's built a brand, a platform, hundreds of entrepreneurs go to it. I created the Live to Grind podcast show and, and brand. I, I created events across the country. I, I got a part of all these different things, the Thinking Grow Rich movie, the Ambitious Adventures TV show. But what I was doing, I was doing multiple things at once. And I was going nonstop. And I loved what I did, but I wasn't all in on one thing. And I realized that. And it's it wasn't until last year. So it was December 27th of 2017. The, the day was when my wife and I decided to travel the country. We had really halted what I was doing with my media company, uh, even with what I was doing for other endeavors. And I went all in to just travel the country and learn and film a TV show called Success in Your City. And throughout that year, all last year, I had these aha moments. I had these, okay, this is what I need to do with my life. Uh, last year, I sold two companies, or let's say in the last 12 months. The last two months or 12 months, I sold two companies. I sold my house. I sold 99% of my things. My wife and I got married. We lived in six cities. We filmed a TV series. And we completely made a flip to our life. And what I realized is I was doing so many things and I wasn't able to focus in on one thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so I had to really, in that point, say no to other things I really liked because it was hard. How It's hard for somebody that bought a business from his father five years ago, been in a family ice business his whole life and make a decision to sell that or an event that he started. And, and becoming not uh, no longer really a, a owner, but an advisor. To do that, it's difficult. But I knew those difficult decisions had to happen if I wanted to be great at the things I'm doing now. Mm, mm, I love that. So, so how did you and Samantha, that's your wife's name, right? Yeah. How did you guys communicate about that? Because that, that, that's a conversation, right? I've been married for 15 years almost. My wife and I are Congrats. about to celebrate. Thank you. We're getting ready to celebrate our 15th anniversary in October. And October what? October 8th. October 13th is ours. Oh, nice, man. Awesome. Like yeah. Um, October's a great month. It is. Now, you know, one thing I've learned in, in my life with, with my wife is that, you know, I'm kind of the visionary doer, accomplisher. Like I get an idea and I run with it, such as my podcast. I you know, I started it and then asked permission and forgiveness later. You know, I've learned that that's not necessarily the the best approach to a successful relate relationship and partnership with my wife. And and I've learned to bring her into the vision and to talk about her concerns and, and because they might you know reveal some blind spots that I have myself. So how have you and Samantha 
approached looking at all of these things, crystallizing what really matters to you, getting on the same page, and even agreeing to disagree in Man, your one a- in your one year of marriage. <laughs> you know, you, yeah, not even five months. It, yeah. it, you know, it, that's a really good question. And this question for anybody that is married right now or is looking to get married and you're an entrepreneur, this answer is going to help you. And you'll probably agree with me for what I'm about to say. When we first started dating, I just went with what I had. And I actually, I said, my endeavors and goals are first. I'm like, these are going to happen. And I was so in, I'd make decisions without even talking to her. And and that wasn't good. And actually, after being in a relationship for a few years, uh, it ultimately led to us breaking up for 10 months. And, And that was hard for me. And I eventually got her back. It was one of the hardest things I had to do. But once we started making decisions together and really communicating the process, she actually gave me so much wisdom that I didn't have. She was able to see things I couldn't see. And a couple of times I didn't listen to her on certain partnerships or deals I did, which funny enough, in the end, uh, she was right. And the partnerships ended badly. And it was because she saw something. She was very intuitive. And, and now for what we do, I mean, our office right here, we both right next to each other for when we do stuff and everything that we work on. Um, we're business partners and, and, and we both have our own things. We communicate it through. And I have ideas. I'm always driven. But sometimes she's there to, to give me the reality of the idea or mm-hmm. a better direction on taking it. Because mm-hmm. people like you and I, we have it. We're just going to go. Mm-hmm. But you need an advisory board. And your mm-hmm. significant other is going to be your number one person to mastermind with. So really, you need to communicate with them. Communication is the most important thing, not only in marriage, but business and partnerships, everything. If you don't communicate how you're thinking, then it'll end badly in the future. Mm-hmm. So it, letting them give you insight and and they will make you better. Mm-hmm. They will. I've, I've become way better because of her. Um, and you know, looking even in different business relationships, that I've had when you communicate and you you really talk through things and and not just do things uh, without even asking, it it can end badly. And I I used to be that guy. Yeah. Well, one of the things that that my wife expressed to me a while ago is because I have a lot of ideas and visions and things that I want to do and 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 her concern is always that well I'm going to start something because I have I've started many things and I've not finished them right because it because it ultimately it's it's really like a shimmer of something that I really wanted to do and, and I tested it, but I didn't finish it. And so her concern with the the podcast, with the book, with all of that, this stuff is that I would, I would, I would do it and but I wouldn't finish it. Right. And she had the courage to express that, that that I that I wasn't focused and gonna finish. And so how has Samantha spoken into your life and Really said, listen, dude, I need you to focus on one thing and hit this ball out of the park because I believe in you and you're worth it. And so is everybody else. So let's focus on this object and not all the shiny ones. She said that a lot of times. And and that's, I mean, really from our communications, which is what led to me realizing that I had to get out of certain companies and focus. And I always knew it. It, it just, it's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. You need somebody else to tell you to make that decision because it's so, especially like a, it becomes your identity. It is a business becomes a lot of people's identity. 
And it's hard to leave that identity. It's hard to let it go. And uh, she's been there to tell me, hey, you know, this is what we need to do. And it, it didn't happen just right in one conversation. It took a few months of conversations uh, to really come to the understanding. And she would enroll me in knowing what I knew I had to do. And then I would do it. It was almost holding me accountable to do it. Mm-hmm. So those big decisions. And even some of the things we've done with uh, our own business now and our TV show, it's um, I, she gives good insight. Because sometimes, mm-hmm. again, I just I shoot away. You know, I just go. I go right at it. And I don't always think about what could go wrong or right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's there to be like, hey, uh, maybe you shouldn't do this right because of this reason, which I never thought of, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Here we are, my friends. We are in the middle of the book launch of Master the Key. And guess what? You did it. We did it together. We hit number one bestseller. We hit number one new release in a bunch of different categories. And just this week, we hit another number one new release for Master the Key. And it's all because of you. And the feedback that I've been getting and the reviews that have been showing up on Amazon have been tremendous. And I never envisioned I'd write a book, but I did. And it has a transformational message. And I'm not trying to funnel you into some product on the back end because all I'm really trying to do with this book is actually funnel you back into yourself so that you can discover the truth that dwells within you. So head over to Amazon and buy the book. And I highly recommend the paperback version because there is a workbook journal component built into the physical book. And you're going to have a much more in-depth experience by buying the physical book. Again, head over to Amazon. And then after you do that, after you pick up a copy for yourself and a copy for someone who you love, do me a favor and head back there a couple days later and leave a, an Amazon review of what you think about the book. And again, I'm so incredibly grateful for your support and encouragement through this process. This episode is brought to you by the Lawton Marketing Group a full-service advertising and design agency specializing in websites, social media, apps, logos, and more. Based in Oklahoma, they work with clients across the nation from small businesses to large corporations and everything in between. You can find them right now on the web at www.lawtonmg.com or call them at 580-275-2063. Connect with them now for a complimentary competitive analysis of your website. Just tell them the impact entrepreneur holds you to call. As I mentioned a moment ago, I'm Catholic and, and, you know, I have this prayer meditation that I do every morning and it's called the Lexio Divina and it's Latin for basically the divine reading. Mm-hmm. And it's where you take a piece of scripture and you just read it and you, you, and you think about a word that, that pops up to you, right? And you, then you start just focusing on that one word and you let it like visions and co- ideas come and, and things. And so the word that, that I was re- reflecting on last week was the word revealing mm-hmm. and just thinking about that, right? And, and so I had this vision of, actually like the, the life cycle of a rose growing, right? From a bud to a first blossom to fully surrendering to what its actual purpose is to then being pruned, right? 
so that it can start over, so that it can continue to, to do its, its thing. And so often in life, I think that we as entrepreneurs in particular, we get pruned a lot, right? And it's painful. And I know, especially recently with success in the city and success in your city and your, your aspirations for Netflix, all of this stuff, like there's been a lot of pruning happening, let alone selling off the things that you love, right? But pruning often, when we, when we first get pruned, it, it doesn't necessarily feel good, even though it's for our good. Yeah. So how do you deal with disappointment and, and the pain of being pruned? You know, that is a, that is a good question. Uh, I've been pruned a lot. And once you get pruned enough, you build up this callus or this ability to tolerate it and just know it's just a part of it. Uh, and you hit enough low moments. Uh, and I think it's there's so many entrepreneurs out there now or so-called entrepreneurs or whatever they want to call themselves. And they haven't quite seen the pruning. And I think what's going to happen, there's going to be in the next few years because of this uh, this whole social media of what entrepreneurship is, a lot of people are going to fail. A lot of people are going to fall flat on their face and they won't be able to handle the pruning. And I've had quite a bit of pruning happening in, I would say, the last five years. And I, heck, I'm 29. I still got a lot to learn. I still have a lot of mistakes that are going to happen. But I will tell you, once you experience enough, you know that it's a part of the journey. So know mm-hmm. while whatever you're doing, it's not going to go just right. And honestly, if it did, what's the fun of that? What's, mm-hmm. the, what's the fun of that? So uh, a great example. When we first started going for the show, our concept was 12 cities in 12 months. We're going to film 12 episodes for success in your city. At that time, it was actually called Success in the City, but we had to change the name because of uh, because of a trademark issue. Mm-hmm. And, and that was like a first hit, like, oh, crap. Uh, but 12 cities turn into uh, five. We lived in six with five episodes. So 12 episodes turn into five. That was a hard thing to take, but we were like, hey, we're, we're going to do this, which is still really good. And, and along the way, it was it was difficult because people didn't understand what we're doing. A lot of people said that it was never going to work. And and then once you get a couple wins under your belt, it feels good. Like when we won a couple Emmys last year, it felt good. And I wanted to go up and say, hey, here's to my haters. But I didn't. <laughs> I said, uh, we did it. Uh, but then when I went to Netflix, like I, I had spent three months. Here's, here's the TV industry. You want to understand the TV industry? I have a show on uh, Ambitious Adventures is on Amazon. Um, I created Live to Grind show, which you can find on Facebook. And I'm in the movie Thinking Rich, which we have on Amazon and, and it's distributed. But for this show, we we this is the person we're doing together. And we have this vision. The show is around redefining success, how people look at success. It's called success in your city. I've talked with all these different aggregators, uh, these people that pitch shows and the people that really will get us to the Netflix and those deals because they won't, I can't directly just go to them, which I'm trying, I'm still doing, but they, unless you're somebody in Hollywood, a showrunner or whatever, they, they won't take the time of day, at least for now anyway. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, I had these conversations and people wanted to, to pitch the show directly to Netflix, directly to all these people. And they, they saw a lot of value because of, who I am, my wife is, and our show, but they wanted to change the show around. They wanted to change the name of the show. They wanted to do things that weren't aligned with what we want. 
And I'm not about that. I don't care how much money they throw at us. I'm doing what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, we turned them down and we couldn't find the right partner. So I came to the moment of, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to Netflix. And I everybody said, like, that's the wrong thing to do. But what is the right thing to do? Mm-hmm. Like, really? So I showed up and I had sent them packages before. Uh, we spent a lot of money and time on these packages, which I found out. I don't even think they got them. But... Went in there, showed up, and I had to do it for myself, even knowing it was a small chance I'd even get somebody. But if I didn't do it, I would regret it one day. So I flew all the way to, to Sacramento, drove to Los Gatos, slept three hours, and showed up to the office. And uh, I documented on social media and my GoPro because I have it for the show credits. And uh, long story short, um, they, they turned me away. So I went into the office and I said, hey, I'm here to see this person, which I did my research. And they said, well, do you have a meeting? And I said, nope, they're, they're expecting me. Jake, they got my package. And they said, well, we can't. I said, I travel all over the country, literally just to get here. And they said, I'm sorry, we can't. So I went to the side and I was going to send them an email. Then five minutes, a guy came down, he asked for my ID and he said, hey, let's walk out here. And he just escorted me out. I shook his hand. I said, thank you. I appreciate you. And I'll see you soon. And uh, then after I left, I documented social media. Uh, Yeah, that hurt. But honestly, it's like, whatever. What really kind of hurt me a little bit, and I'll, I'll admit this, I posted this on social media and literally tens of thousands of people were seeing this. Like everybody was watching the story. Hey, this kid just showed up at Netflix. I had a lot of women specifically actually in the entertainment industry that were like trolling me. Like mm. I have hundreds of uh, comments where people are like, you're a piece of shit. You're crazy. You're blacklisted. You'll never get in the industry. This is not how things work. Um, this guy is legit insane. I had somebody message me and said, you look like a straight out rapist. And I like, dude, it got way out of hand. It started to mentally like screw with me. I'm like, what? Like, I don't get it. <clears throat> and, and then I, I had the people that did say the good things. And, and that was a little hard because like, I was questioning myself. Am I screwed now? Am I blacklisted? Do I have no chance to get in the TV industry? But I'm like, that's not true. Screw that. Um, and, but I'll tell you from that experience, I had multiple legit producers reach out. And I'm in conversation with all of them now. It got me further in my uh, journey to get to the distribution deal I wanted than I had been doing the months prior. So it's one mm-hmm. of the best things I did. It was one of the scariest things I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it hurt in the moment. But I'll tell you, when you do the things that scare you, you do the things that people tell you not to do and you really don't want to do, uh, you grow, you learn, and you open up doors. And I opened up a lot of doors from that experience. So the long story short, and you're pruning... Hey, you just got to do things. It's going to scare you. People are going to laugh at you. You got to build that callus and, and deflect that. Because if you really want to do something big in entrepreneurship in life, be ready to fall flat in your face, hear a lot of no's, and be mocked and treated like a piece of shit. But here's the thing. If you keep pushing forward, you're going to get what you want. And then they're all going to say, hey, like they praise you and they want to be your friend because that's how it works. You know, um, I actually coined a, a phrase called the gravity of action. And and that's actually what you just described right there is is a perfect. It's it's called the gravity of action, and and we're always taking action whether we know it or not, right? So you could have stayed in Minneapolis, right? That's where you where you are. Yeah. You could have stayed in Minneapolis. You can continue to email. Uh, you know, it costs you money. It costs you time. It costs you sleep. Uh, it costs you some embarrassment, right? Like and I put I'll put embarrassment in 
in the in in quotes because it was only embarrassing because people with small minds shamed you, right? Yeah. Um, instead of praised your bravery, right? But all of those things, nevertheless, are are valuable things, right? Your time, your energy, your money, uh, and your pride, and you put those on the line, and with it, and and traveled all the way across the country, and within ten minutes, you were escorted out, right? And and at that moment, like it it really sucked, as you just described. But there's a tremendous amount of fruit that's coming from it, right? Yep. Even if those producers never reached out to you, just proving to yourself that you did it and you can overcome the fear and the limiting beliefs that that were building up in your head as you were probably getting on that airplane, you know? Oh, yes, I was. <laughs> um, how has your understanding... So, okay, let, so you have this progression of entrepreneurship, of growing up in this family business, mom and dad, running this ice company, uh, learning from them and the sacrifices that, that, that they made to make things possible for you and your one brother or you have multiple siblings? Brother and sister. Yeah. Making things possible for you to you becoming an entrepreneur and, and grinding things out, wanting to be this millionaire, which really is not, I personally, I think is the most meaningless part of your story. And then, you know, doing all of these things. So, and starting live to grind, right? And I really don't like that word. I just got to be honest. Okay. I don't I like, I don't like grind. I don't like hustle because grinding is what a machine does. We are not meant to grind, right? It's a dance move also, but like we are meant to, to flow, right? Yeah. And when we're not flowing, that's when we're grinding. And that means something is out of line. So anyway, I'm saying all of this to get to the question, which is how has your definition of success and, and appreciation or understanding of the word grind changed in the last 18 months? Yeah, it's really changed. And I, I lived to grind when I first started with the brand. It, I was in that like live to grind. I'm gonna work, work, work. Uh, then I started to realize I made the concept more of live to grind. It's like being the best you can do at what you do. But I've transitioned completely with what we're doing to success your city. And for me, success is using my talents and my network and, and abilities to help as many people as possible, but also being the best person I can be, growing every single day. But that's not only in work, but also with my wife, my family, my relationships and and everything I'm doing. I want to be the best person I can be. And I, I'm not always going to be the best person because when I focus in on one thing, I'm losing focus on another. But I'll tell you, I believe in my entire career, I'm at the best I have been for being able to be a success of who I am as a person. And I really think when we grow, I mean, humans, what do we want? We want love. We want growth, feeling belonged, like we're or uh, somebody of value to the world. These are things that we want. And those are the things that I'm focusing on. And every day that I grow a little more, get a little closer to my goal, like I said before, you may be striving for that goal your entire life. And maybe you don't get it, but the fact that you're pursuing it, because so many people think about the end goal, but they don't, they don't appreciate the process. Because what happens, and this happens, what happens when you get to the end of the, the race that you've been planning for for so long, and then, okay, that happens, but you realize that's it. That's it. So now what? And then what happens is people get depressed. They 
they they don't look for their next race to run or or to work on. So I think the whole process of, of life and grinding or whatever you're doing, it's enjoying the journey. It's doing the best you can in the moment, striving to be the best person and working towards your goals and and knowing at the end of the day they're not letting yourself down. Mm-hmm. That you're mm-hmm. being the best you can be. And that's success to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to be able to help as many people. I feel like I'm here on earth to contribute to the world and and do the best I can while here. Because otherwise I feel like I'm being lazy. I'm slacking on what God gave me or for the higher power. Um, and I wanna I wanna do the best I can. And I feel like there's certain gifts that I were given, I have been given, uh, that I need to use. Because if I don't, I'm wasting talent. Mm-hmm. I think that uh it's a really scary thing to build a brand and then change it, right? And so you're, you know, you're you're a courageous person because you are you your whole career has always been about has been about brand building, right? And you've built this brand and these brands, and a lot of it started with the whole live to grind idea. But to recognize that, have the humility to say that you know what, success isn't necessarily grinding yourself into a pulp it's something more is yeah. is really is really a, a courageous act and i commend you for that thank you yeah when you reflect back on your entrepreneurial journey in the last 5 years what is something that you learned about yourself that surprised you i've always known myself to to want to lead and to do things but i've also learned that Along the five years, I've also done at times whatever it took to succeed because I didn't, I wasn't willing to sub failure. I just, I would do whatever it take. And sometimes when I did that, I would lack in certain areas of my life and it actually hurt me. So realizing that maybe I haven't always been the best leader, I will tell you that I haven't always been the best leader. Maybe in terms of like when I speak and communicate from the public eye, but in terms of uh, working with other people, very difficult to work with, or I have been. And, uh, I realize I need to to really uh, change the way I sometimes when I work with people in my own team, uh, but I don't know. I <laughs> have any of your mentors told you that? Like I know you work with you've done a lot of work with like Kevin Harrington and Jeff Hoffman. They were producers on on yeah, Success in Your City. Yeah. Have, they, have they said you know what, dude? Like you need to tone it down. Have they ever said anything to you like that? You know, it's it it has been so much what they said. It's what I've learned from when they communicate. So when they talk about their own experiences, I mean, because I've I've been with them a lot of times. And when you have a conversation with these people that have done a lot, I mean, we're talking top world entrepreneurs, just by how they communicate and the things they, how they do things makes you realize here's, I should do things a little differently. Hmm. Uh, And that's what I've always done. I want to soak it up and learn. And and also, I, I guess my wife has gave me reality checks too in terms of <laughs> what I should or should not do. Um, but yeah, you learn. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you should always be surrounding yourself with those people. I am so lucky. I mean, going back to Jack Berenger, that ultimately led me to having Jeff Hoffman or, or Kevin Harrington as mentors. And we've worked on so many projects together. And when you can be around people like that, you can get so much precious advice, mm-hmm. so much valuable content. And that can help you in becoming a better person. And those two people, man, I am so thankful they're in my life because they are shaping me into the person I want to be. What is the most valuable story or lesson that they've shared with you? The most, maybe not the most, maybe not the most valuable, but the most meaningful. I'll tell you this one, Jeff Hoffman, he co-founded Priceline.com. He's a, a 
He's billionaire. He's very wealthy. He's got a lot of money. He's had a lot of success. He speaks all over the world. And he is, he will tell you, like, he'll sit down, he'll do anything with you. And I, we had a conversation with him uh, in one of his cities at a pancake house. Um, and uh, he, he, a couple things that he said to me. And one time he said to me, and it was through a text, he said, Brandon, um, it doesn't matter how much money you make. doesn't matter any kind of uh, accolade or whatever you get. And then the day, the thing that will make you the happiest is your wife. It's Samantha. That is the most powerful and precious thing you can have. And he said, there's not a day that goes by that there's, I mean, people, when you get to that kind of wealth, people want something from you for the wrong reasons. And once you become at that level, it's, it's like you attract the wrong people. And for him, his happiness is helping other people and uh, having valuable relationships. And I saw that. I'm just like, wow, that's so powerful. Like I already have what I want. Mm-hmm. I have what I want. Mm-hmm. And he really ingrained that into me. And I, I really respected that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, you don't find that much because when he, he's like, I got friends that are got way more money than sin and they're miserable. Yeah. So when you see that, it makes you really think about, okay, why am I doing, you want to work with purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I want to make a lot of money, but I want to do it with purpose. And I want to, I don't want to do it just for the dollar. But I don't want to look back one day and say, I regretted why I did that for the dollar because it wasn't aligned with who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. So, that what that's one big thing I've learned, and I guess one thing I learned from Kevin Harrington was uh, partnerships. Uh, he's really good at partnerships, and he, he's he and this isn't anything he, he said; it's just what I know and from him talking. Is uh, when you can build very powerful relationships and powerful partnerships, it will propel you forward. And um, that's one thing he's been really good at. And now him and I together have done that many times. And uh, your relationships are powerful. Make sure mm-hmm. you're you're adding value to those relationships, and you're helping each other. And together, you go far. Mm-hmm. You can't do it alone. You need you need other people in your corner to help you. You know, I love that, Brandon. That's so powerful. That actually is the final piece of the key in in the story that I wrote called "Master the Key." It's community, and yeah. and there's a real big reason why so many people try to leapfrog their their own story, their own gifts, their own action and jump right into a community because naturally we know that that is the final piece that unlocks things, right? And and we don't necessarily end up in the right environment or surrounded by the right people often enough because we, we're, we're living someone else's story. We're doing something else that, that someone said we should do. And, and as a result of that, we're either not taking action or taking the wrong kind of action when it ends up in the, in the wrong community. And so I totally agree with that. That's, that's awesome that you mentioned that. Um, as we wrap up, I want to make sure that people can connect with you. Uh, I, I know you, you're, and we'll include all your stuff in, in the social media and in the, in the show notes. So feel free to spout out where people can connect with you online and, and on the channels. I mean, go to successinyourcity.com. Um, you want to see the trailer of our show. It's out. It recently won an Emmy Award in the promotional uh, category. Uh, so you can find that at successinyourcity.com and see releases of the show. We're working on the, the distribution deal now, but we're going to be releasing this fall. We're already planning uh, theater releases in the cities we filmed in. So Scottsdale, Arizona, Austin, Texas, Boston, Massachusetts, Denver, Colorado, and Nashville, Tennessee. So look out for that to attend the, the theater premieres. And uh, I guess if anybody does want to reach out to me to communicate with them in some way or, or maybe speak at their event, Success in Your City. 
that's that's uh that's the one place. Okay, awesome, cool. Last uh, first of the three questions that I ask of all the guests. The first is if you could pick any skill set that you currently possess, so any talent, any gift, any skill that you currently possess and turn it into a superpower, what would it be? Communication. Why? Because I've been able to communicate partnerships, relationships, and influence to the right people. And it's been my strongest gift that I've had. And it's got me in the doors that I never thought were possible. What are three lies that we tell ourselves that prevent us from having meaningful success in our life? We're not worthy. Or we can't do something. Or we, we don't have time. Yeah, you know, I will that that time one's a tricky one because we we tell us we 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 tell both sides of that line. We, we say we say I don't have enough time and we also say I have plenty of time. I can uh, this can wait, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we we tell both of those lines lies and those are powerful. The last question is has to do with a book by the title uh, by the name of How Will You Measure Your Life? That's going to be the question, but I ask it in kind of a funny way. So the, before you answer that question, tell me what your favorite art form is. Art form? Art form, yes. I've never been asked that before. Uh, well, it ties into the last question. So, like in terms of like art, like in terms of uh, yeah, artist? it could be it, it could be no, like it could be music, it could be dance, it could be oh. sculpture, it could be painting, it could be poetry. I say I would say film. Film, okay. So it's it's a hundred years from now. You're you're gone, but uh, someone has found a note that you wrote, giving instructions to a cinema cinematographer to set up the final scene to answer the question: How will you measure your life? What would be in that scene? Yeah, on the note. Yeah, what what would the instructions read? So that instructions would read that this is completely it, and this is like this got me through many scenes and episodes of our show. Um, whatever the mind conceives and believes, the mind achieves. Anything is possible if you just keep going. I love it, and you would leave it up to them to interpret that in 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 the film. Yep, that that's all. They will figure out the rest, but literally, if they believe they can get it, if they think enough, and they just keep going, they will succeed. Because that has been the quote that's got me through everything. Um, they, I don't need to give specific directions; the rest will be to them. Brandon Adams, thank you again for joining us on the Impact Entrepreneur Show, brother. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you to this week's guest, and thank you for listening. If you missed any of the key points and highlights from my conversation, we've got you covered over at theimpactentrepreneur.net forward slash podcast for show notes to each and every episode. And while you are there, check out Flynn Wealth Strategies and Insurance Solutions. You can do that by visiting flynnwealthstrategies.com. The Lot Marketing Group and the Podcast Masters. We could not do this show without them and with all of their support. Now, until next time, go make an impact.